coaches. I'm just gonna pop in here really fast because I wanna share something with you that I am so excited about. My course for elementary literacy coaches, The Confident Literacy Coach, is live. It's up and running and you can get access to it right now. So here's the deal. When I started out as a coach, I struggled. I had trouble defining my role and communicating it with teachers and administration. And I honestly didn't even know that was something I was gonna have to do. I dreaded PLC days because getting my teachers to collaborate, to speak the same language and create lesson plans together was a total nightmare. And I was so stressed out by modeling and co-teaching in classrooms that I actually avoided it for a long time. It was not a happy time for me, <laughs> but things got so much better. I figured out processes to help my teams of teachers work together. I focused on best practices in reading and writing and identified some high impact strategies to support alignment on my campus. And I began to spend more time in classrooms after I planned thoroughly with teachers before lessons. Basically, I started coaching with confidence. I've collected all the processes and tools that I used to do this work and I've put it all together in one place so you can coach with confidence too. The Confident Literacy Coach is your one-stop shop for everything literacy coaching in elementary school. You'll learn how to define your role and communicate it to your administrator, what best practices you should spend your time on, and my process for collaborative planning, plus so much more that will take your coaching life from frustrated and overwhelmed to effective and confident. You can check it out at Buzzing with Miss B.com. Just click the Confident Literacy Coach at the bottom of the latest post and you'll learn exactly what's in the course and why it will change your coaching for the better. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coaches, this is Chrissy Beltran and you're listening to a special bonus episode of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Things have gone nuts and we're all scrambling. Dogs and cats living together, it's mass hysteria. And as coaches, we're trying to figure out how to respond to this COVID-19 catastrophe. We still wanna provide education to our students and to support our teachers, but we're not all sure how to do this when we are literally holed up in our homes, isolated from everybody else. Google Apps is one way to teach virtually and it's available to anybody with an internet connection. And my brother Ben is one of the best sources I know for talking about Google Apps. So the other day we were talking about how he's addressing virtual learning with his own students. And some of the tips he was sharing were so awesome that I really wanted to share them with you, but I'm not smart enough to do that. So he is going to share them <laughs> himself today, right, Benny? Yes. All right. So can you introduce yourself and explain a little bit about your educational background? Uh, yeah, I'm Ben Beltron. Um, this is my fifth year teaching. Uh, my first two years were elementary PE, which was probably the most fun I've ever had teaching. Uh, the next two years after that was government, and I taught seniors. Um, and then this past year was freshmen and sophomores in world history and world geography. Okay. And you're also a baseball coach extraordinaire. Yes. Right? Like. Okay. And um, <laughs> I, coach, I coach baseball and football uh, up here in North Texas. In North Texas. So, um, yeah, we're pretty far. Everybody's like, oh, you're in Texas. You're, you're pretty close. To no, we're not. We're, we are not close together. You can be in Texas and be farther away than you are from like three other states. 
<laughs> so yeah, we're nowhere near each other at this time. But, um, but I, you know, we were talking the other day about how he was using um, Google Apps and how he's been doing this for a couple of years in his classroom. And I really think this is a great tool for um, teachers to use right now as they are trying to address virtual learning with their students. Now, Benny works with high school students. But a lot of these things I can see easily transferring into elementary as well. So why would you recommend using Google Classroom as like the main hub for a teacher to do distance or virtual learning right now? Um, the main reason is because it's, it's super simple. Everybody can do it, right? So if you've never messed with virtual learning or online classroom stuff, it guides you through over half of it and sets you up in order to make assignments and distribute uh, distribute materials and invite kids and all those things. So that part of it is ridiculously easy. Uh, so even if you've never done anything online before, this is by far the easiest way to do it. Um, second, because kids understand, or most kids and most parents understand Google. Uh, they understand Google as a platform, Google as messaging service, they have YouTube and all those kinds of things, they all understand that Google just works. If you, I mean, it's a verb. You don't look something up anymore, you just Google it. That's true. It's a little and more so, intuitive than some exactly. platforms. And so, so people just understand how it works and they get it. So if you just tell them, you just download an app, they'll download the app and they'll be logged in and it's, it's easy for the student to see all the breakdown, all the information, just the way you want it. Mm -hmm. And is it, it's easy for them to use on their phones too. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's one of the perks is it has a really good interface on on mobile phones on, mm -hmm. on cell phones on mobile phones on cellular mobile. phonular devices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so okay, so there are a lot of different Google apps, right? So can you explain what the difference is between them and why you know why why do they have so many? <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes they have too many, uh, but this one, <laughs> these ones are actually pretty good. Um, they have Google Docs, which is just basically a virtual piece of paper. It's, you know, Microsoft Word, um, lets you do a lot of the same things that Microsoft Word does. It's not great for, for multiple choice questions or quizzes or, you know, those kinds of things. But if you have a material, if you have, um, I want to type up a passage and send that out, then that would be the perfect way to do it. And then whenever you send it out, it lets, you can choose to let the kids view it, let the kids edit it, or make each kid their own copy. So, which is really nice whenever you're sending out that as an assignment. So each kid can make their own copy, and it won't edit the original one. Mm -hmm. um, and you have Google Sheets, which is uh, basically Microsoft Excel. It's got cells, rows, and columns. Um, <clears throat> might be good for some you know some people looking to do more word problems with a lot of data so if you're a math teacher and you want to do a lot of a lot of numbers you know those kinds of things that's a perfect way to do it um, you can also put in your own functions and and then you have to kind of know a little bit about google sheets if you use google forms because whenever you use google forms to export the results it goes to a google sheet mm -hmm. and so it sorts it for you you know it shows you all the all the different information in each cell. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is Google Slides, which I think doesn't get enough credit uh, because <laughs> Google Slides is probably one of the best ones. It's, it's my second favorite behind Google Forms as far as what to use to push information out there. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's Microsoft PowerPoint, but it's Google's version, and mm -hmm. it lets you put uh, videos, put images, you know, text over images if you want. You can make your own graphics. Um, anytime that I've ever made a graphic for our team or for you know for our class or anything like that, it's been in Google Slides. Hmm. So okay. you just insert the picture and make it fit to width, and then you can type over that. So that way you have your background. So, you know, if you wanted, if you have a Word document that you think looks really nice and you wanted to keep some of the, uh, I, I guess some of the theme built into the Word document, well, Google Docs doesn't always let you edit as much as you'd like, mm -hmm. but Google Slides will. It will mm -hmm. let you put the images on there, type over them, all that kind of stuff. It's really mm -hmm. good. It won't, kind of like Microsoft Word, whenever you add an image in and it reformats everything, then Google Docs is a similar problem. But if you try to add in anything interesting, it messes up all of your alignment and stuff. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so Google Slides doesn't do that as, as much. Mm -hmm. um, you, you do have to understand that you're on a slide, and so you have to edit your font size and, you know, make your slide orientation different, little things like that. But mm -hmm. it's way more usable to make things look nice than Google Docs is. I would agree with that in general. Like I think that Keynote and PowerPoint are so much better to use than like Word or um, Pages because you can't do anything in Word and Pages. It's literally just word processing. That's all you can yeah. do. But just anything that paper. you're, yeah, right. Anything that you're using to create like a slide is so much is so much more user friendly and you can play with it more. And actually I've been, as I'm revamping some of my resources to make them usable for Google, um, Google apps, I've used Google slides to do that because you can make them attractive and you have the benefit of you're not printing something out to give it to kids. So you can go full color, you know, you can make it really beautiful. You don't have to scrimp on the clip art. <laughs> yeah. And they even have some uh, themes already installed for you. Mm. So that way, you know, if, if you just have information, and you want to make it look more presentable, you just click a theme and it does all the work as far as formatting and putting images behind. And I think you can even custom make a theme that you can go back to. Okay, kind of like you can with, with Keynote or PowerPoint where you can set up your own template. Exactly. Yeah, that, that sounds right. <laughs> okay, so you've got Google Draw, you talk about Google Docs, which is your virtual piece of paper, Google Sheets, which is basically Excel, a la Google, right? You mentioned Google Forms, um, but you haven't really talked too much about what the capabilities of Google Forms are. Right. Uh, Google Forms is my favorite one um, okay. because the way it works, it lets you collect all the information that you need. You can set it up for multiple choice. You can have uh, check boxes. You can put in your own images. You can add videos. And you're making a, a virtual quiz. Right? But what it does differently than you know, what you would assume a virtual quiz would be is you can still have short answer responses and then uh, make those short answer responses something correct. So it's not just going to be every kid is going to be or is going to have a different response every single time. Sometimes the responses duplicate. Okay, so like maybe a fill in the blank, or if you ask a question where there is a right or wrong answer, but it's an open-ended answer. So they have to produce the answer, but there's a right answer to that question. Exactly. Not like, so, what are your feelings about this topic, but instead, <laughs> who discovered such and such, or um, right. where it, does it such It might and be George happen? Washington. Right. The answer might be George Washington. Okay. And if the answer is George Washington, then you can have George W. as an answer. They might put that. Um, they might. <laughs> uh, they might put G. Washington. Mm -hmm. you know, and so you start to mark those answers correct. And then after you gather 
um, basically all the ways that you can write George Washington. <laughs> and you say, these are all correct answers. And it starts to auto grade for you, which so then is the why form? I like forms. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Because that was one of the things that you said the other day that I was, and you had mentioned it before, but now it's so much more relevant. <laughs> Yeah. So the idea that the forms collect all the answers for, for you from the kids and then it organizes them onto this Google sheet, right? Yes. Um, and so then if, if one of the fields is to enter your name, then it'll, then if that's the first column, then it has the student's name in the first column. Is that how you do it? Exactly. So okay. whenever you export it to a Google sheet, it'll have a column with the question or, you know, whatever the, um, uh, the, uh, prompts or, yeah, the prompt is, whatever the prompt is. Mm -hmm. And so that way uh, you can sort by whatever column you want. Okay. So right now I'm in a Google Classroom with four other teachers that all teach world geography. So rather than us having to look through each line and see, you know, is this our student? Is this our student? Is this our student? Instead, we just sort it by teacher name. And these are all my students. They're all in the, you know, the first, the first block is all my students. Second block might be all of, you know, Mr. Garcia students and so on. So that way it makes it a lot easier on us. I love that um, because, yeah, that way you can actually collaborate with other teachers. You're not all creating your own assignments and starting from scratch. You can work together as a PLC. You know, each can contribute different things and you can all use it because you can sort them by your teacher name. That's perfect. Exactly. And then on top of that, like you said, you can collaborate with other teachers. We can all make one quiz with the questions that I want to ask after us reading a paragraph and the questions that another teacher wants to ask. Okay. And that just makes the questioning a lot, a lot better, a lot more diverse mm -hmm. as far as they're not just getting the stuff that I want, mm -hmm. not just getting the information that I want, but this other teacher saw something that, you know, they thought were, was pertinent. So then they get to put that question in there. That's a really great tool. But yeah, it's like, like actual PLC with everybody contributing and building the best possible assignment. Exactly. That's cool. So then, okay, so then they've got the form, they, they complete their assessment or their responses, and then it sends it to you in the Google Sheet. You sort it by, um, by your name if you're, you're sharing with other teachers, and then you have all of your students' names listed there with all of their responses, right? And then how do you, you were talking about how you actually mark responses correct or incorrect, and you do that in, in Google Sheets? Uh, to an extent. So what you can do is, um, you can't mark, or you can mark incorrect and correct just however you'd like. Um, but what I started doing was I started deleting all the incorrect answers. And so that way I knew that that student missed that question. Um, and then I leave a, a little red, you know, you can fill in the cell and leave it red. So I knew that's that student missed that question. And then I would go back and, uh, undo the delete. So that way I could see what they actually put. Mm -hmm. But, um, until then, so right after I delete them, I highlight all the positive answers, all the correct answers, and put that back in as correct answers on the Google form. And then I've just created 20 possible correct answers for the next person to fill out the form. So as they're going through, they get to say, you know, let's say they were typing in George Washington, and they typed in George Washington, hit submit. Well, it would say it's correct because I've already found all the different ways to say George Washington. Okay. So then it's like self grades for you and it's not, maybe not always perfect. You might have to go back and check and see if a student managed to find another way to write George Washington. <laughs> hey, so for typing, it does, it does get difficult with typos. I mean, 
sure. there's there's a lot more typos than you would think. And so you, know, <laughs> you might actually have a, you know, George Washington tum or something like that. <laughs> right. Or George Washington with no space or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. But it does, for the most part, it, it, you've used it before and it does really serve to grade the majority of your student work once you get it going and once you've had oh, enough yeah. responses collected. Absolutely. So whenever I'd used it uh, last year for all of my, my daily quizzes in class, mm -hmm. um, I'd start using it second period and by seventh, it would grade probably with about, you know, 80 to 90% accuracy. Wow. <clears throat> so then I, I could go back and say, oh, this one's correct. This one's correct. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's, I think that's pretty good. That was only, you know, 60 students that it had gotten to. And mm -hmm. so by seventh and eighth period, whenever I'd have my last 40 or 50 kids, I mean, it was already grading at 80% accuracy. That cut down on time that I had to spend doing right. any kind of grading. On tasks that are, I mean, you're not looking for individuality in those kinds of questions. Those kinds of questions are right or wrong. They're multiple choice, which we don't want to use all the time, but we sometimes use them, right? right. So, so yeah, why you don't really need to spend, I mean, it's just the same as having a grader where you're just going A, B, C, A, B, you know, you're just checking to see exactly. what's right and what's wrong, but it's so much more efficient. So why would you want to invest your time in that if you don't have to? Right. And that's, the, so those are just the, the free response ones. Mm -hmm. So the multiple choice as you're making the question, you click the correct answer, and if they get it wrong, they get it wrong. Okay. Right, so mm -hmm. that one's already done. That one's done the second you send it out and click, click all the correct answers. Mm -hmm. right, so you don't have to go back and double check anything if you, you know, do it right the first time on, on the mm -hmm. multiple choice or check boxes or drop down. I mean, there's a ton of different variations of questions that they have, um, with like rows and columns and things like that also. Um, so for matching, I guess it would, it would work well. Mm -hmm. uh, but then on the free response or fill in the blank type uh, questioning, then that's where you get to go back and say, these are correct answers. Perfect. And so all the other kinds, it grades it instantly and you don't even have to go back and adjust anything. Mm -hmm. But the free response, you get to say, you know, this, this answer, it, there's only one correct answer and these are all the different ways to say that one correct answer. So that mm -hmm. grades it all perfectly. That's amazing because that's in place now for those teachers next year. Like, let's say that next year, we don't know what's going to happen in August, guys. Let's just be honest. But in July, whenever we normally go back, we don't know what school is, if, if everything's going to be, you know, in place and if everything's working out okay, or if we're going to still do some kind of blended learning or flip learning or something. We really don't know what it's going to look like. But either way, these resources, once you've created them in Google Forms, you've got them. And so now if you've already got the answers, you know, the scoring going on where it's correcting for you, then you have that in place for next year. And why, why not take advantage of that? Right, exactly. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't plan these lessons for today. Mm -hmm. You should plan these lessons that'll work today, next year. Right. right yeah. So <laughs> I'm on chapter 28 right now. So I'm planning chapter 28 lessons for the next two or three years, as long as we go over chapter 28. <laughs> as long as chapter 28 is in the book <laughs> and so as long as that's part of the curriculum I might as well have these resources for it because these resources right now it might not be you know uh, a ton of work for them to do that uh, you know at the moment it might be two or three lessons per week mm -hmm. um, but next year I get to add those in as the last 15 minutes of class and so I get to Quick teach for the first 35, teach for the first 45. Mm -hmm. And I have lessons already prepared and questions already prepared and things mm -hmm. already done that I just get to say, hey, on top of what we did today, 
here's, you know, here's these 10 questions that cover the same material mm -hmm. and it grades itself. It does all the information for me and I don't have to worry about giving myself another job and, you know, adding in extra time spent grading something mm -hmm. whenever I did it all this year, whenever we have time to do it. <laughs> Some of us do. <laughs> Some, yeah, Some do. I do. Yeah, um, Ben but, is very, very responsible as an excellent dog parent, but yes. he does not have little people running around his house tormenting him right now as he's trying to create Google Forms. So if you do, that might sound like an amazing experience. But <laughs> Which is why I've had time to look through Google Forms and do all these things. Yeah, um, but, but it's, it's, it's time well spent because it's going to save you time in the long run. So then you can dedicate that time later to planning great lessons because you already have a little assessment set up. Exactly. Perfect. And it just, it takes care of everything for you. Mm -hmm. So then, okay. So now we know that Google Forms is Ben's favorite Google app and maybe it will become your favorite too. Um, so tell us about Google Drive because that's something that a lot of people are familiar with, but I don't know if they completely understand sometimes how it fits in with all these other apps because they're just, they're all kind of, if you scroll down in your little Google app sidebar, they're all just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's uh, if you're in Google Sheets and you click go to Sheets home screen, it just looks like a mess. Um, <laughs> and same thing with Docs, Slides, and Forms. Like you just have every Google Sheet you've ever worked on or somebody shared with you ever are in those things. And so it's it's really difficult to search or sort through those ones, mm -hmm. which is why Google Drive is important. Um, Google Drive is where it houses everything Google related. And so uh, I. That's where you get to, that's where you truly get to organize. Okay. Um, which is important because, like I said, chapter 28, well, chapter 28 <laughs> is in the world geography folder. And it's got its own folder, and that folder has three different folders, and they each have their own little uh, Google Forms and their own PDF of the, or their own uh, Google Docs of the information that I'm sending out for these students to read. Mm -hmm. So Google Drive is, Basically, the house and then sheets and docs and slides are like the furniture. Okay. So furniture can go anywhere and you accumulate furniture just randomly sometimes. Right. But oh, I did. I just had to purge. I just did some, some donating with my Google Drive this morning because it said I was running out of space and would I like to purchase more? And I was like, no, I would not like to. So I, I had to get rid of some of my excess furniture. Exactly. And so Google Drive is just the house. So at some point you're going to run out of space with all this extra junk. But what is nice <laughs> about Google Drive is if it's made uh, if it's made in a Google product, so slides, forms, sheets, it doesn't go against your storage. Ah, well, that is so good to know because I did not. I was wondering about that because I deleted a few things and nothing changed. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if it doesn't count. But then I deleted some PDFs and I have to go back and see if that changed because it should have. Right, and the PDFs will, will change it, but all the okay. Google made stuff. Uh, stays the same. Maybe. All right. Well, that's good to know. Okay. So then what about Google Classroom? Uh, Google Classroom is just where you create your virtual classroom. Um, what's, what's nice about it is you can create as many classes or subclasses as you'd like. And so uh, me, I have, or last year, whenever I did this right now, I'm in a, in a Google Classroom with 195 students or 200 some students mm -hmm. uh, because it's all of world geography. And so it's just one class. Okay. Right? With but, you and other uh, teachers that are contributing to this classroom. Exactly. Okay. And so it's all of our classes put together into one, one little spot. 
Now that's right. alignment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that's not us, you know, using our PLC time correctly, I don't know. What it is. <laughs> um, but uh, what you can do is if you are in charge of your one subject and you're, you're not having to work with other teachers, then you can break it down by class period. Mm -hmm. Last year I had a class period or one, uh, one spot for every class period. Mm -hmm. And so if, um, if one class got ahead of the other, then I could release information or send out materials to one oh, class okay. and not the other. Three. That's nice. Um, well, or like yeah. whenever you're an elementary person like me, you would do it by subject area if you're self-contained, unless you are departmentalized. And then again, you would do it by class period. Exactly. And so if you're, if you're self-contained, then that makes it even nicer because then, uh, you can, you know, like you said, divide it up by class. So then even though the kids are still on the same laptop, that mentally they'll be switching classes. Mm -hmm. right? So they're not just all, you know, in Ms. Beltran's class, we're doing these 12 different assignments all based off of different things. But yeah. in Ms. Ms. Beltran's class, then we get to go to math and then reading mm -hmm. and then science and so on. Um, and then it's also great for, uh, for the ability to send out uh, like specialized materials. So all our ESL students, they get their own materials. Oh, right? cool. so you, you tag by individual student name. Exactly. So you can click every student individually and say, these, all these kids need the ESL information or all these kids uh, have modifications that meet this requirement. So I have to do these things. Wow. And so it's, it's a lot nicer than just sending out uh, a big package of everybody gets everything well this is easier for that and it also keeps you more organized whenever you do get to pulling grades and uh mm -hmm. like exporting to sheets and things like that like it'll let you let you be organized with how you send stuff out to students mm -hmm. yeah i like that a lot because that's one of the questions that a lot of people are asking right now is about differentiation of course because that's something we spend a lot of time on in the classroom and now it's like how do i even because sometimes it's as easy as looking at a sheet of paper and shortening something, and that's an accommodation. But how do you, I mean, how do you do that virtually? You're creating a whole other assignment. It just seems like a lot. So that's a great way to do it. Exactly. So uh, what, you know, what you can do is you can have, here's, you know, a paragraph with a, a lot of fluff. You know, here, here's a paragraph with all the extra words and a lot of extra stuff. And then we get to come back and say, okay, here's uh, the modified paragraph. And this is the information they, can, they need to know. Or uh, in Google Forms, if I make a quiz with five answer selections on each question, well, then I get to go back and take away an answer selection as part of somebody's modification. Um, that's cool. Yeah, uh, that, that's one of my favorite things is that um, being able to do that because I, I do the same thing with baseball stuff. I'll send stuff out. And the way I see it is if I was going to send it to uh, college team, I would add an extra answer choice. If I was going to send it to a high school team, I leave the same, and then a little league team, I take away one of the wrong answers. Mm -hmm. I'm an extra, you know, to help speed up the process, but at the same time, make it difficult on their level. Right. Yeah, a an appropriate amount of challenge. Exactly. And so, uh, so you can do that. You can take away answer choices. Um, you can provide feedback with questions that they get wrong, which is something that I think is absolutely huge. So if they, you know, if they missed a question, you can provide feedback with a link to YouTube. You can provide feedback with um, another document, another file. 
So that way they can go in and read that one, maybe get a, a better understanding. Um, and then you can also uh, just provide your own type of feedback. So if they missed a question, you can say, you know, check line 12 or check paragraph one for the correct answer. And they get to go back and do it there. I like that. So you're providing immediate feedback and it's not the same, obviously, as standing right next to them and, you know, go coaching them, but it is something that you can do when you're not around is give that little response and you can be as detailed as you want in that little feedback section. I believe so. Okay. Um, I don't think I've seen any kind of limitation uh, maximum or anything like that. Could you put a picture in there? Um, I don't know if you can put a picture. I know you can put, uh, you can put a link to something if they get it wrong, but I'm not sure if you can put it. So if you put a link, you could put a link to an instructional video teaching them how to do something again, or even if you found somebody else teaching them how to do it, it's a different method. Maybe that would work. So you're not reinventing the wheel and making all of your own instructional feedback components there, but you're using what's already out there so that it can reteach kids when they need it. Exactly. And That's so they get to say, you get to say, well, you missed this and here's the video for it on, that I found on YouTube. It, mm -hmm. Like you said, it doesn't have to be you, mm -hmm. but there's a really good video I found on YouTube that explains it, and it has a button for YouTube integration, like right there. So you can put in um, YouTube YouTube links, or you can put in your any link you find on the internet. So okay. if you do find a picture for or a link for a picture, mm -hmm. there you go. You can put that in there. Okay, cool. So like, let's say you're asking something about science, and you want to take them to the diagram after they miss that question, you want to show them what the diagram looks like again, then you can do that. Or like a sink or float question, you want to show them a picture of the objects in the tank sinking or floating and they can see that again. So it right. might help so them. You, just, you would just find a link for that and then mm -hmm. pop, that, pop that link in there. And they yes, can that's awesome. And that's why PLCs matter because it's, it takes a lot of time to do that the first time. But if you're only responsible for one thing and somebody else is responsible for other things, then you can invest the time to do the one thing really well. So if you have a grade level, you know, let's say you're elementary school and you're self-contained and you're, you're working together or you're a coach, like what many of my listeners are, and you're facilitating teams, let's differentiate now who's responsible for what because it's too much for everybody to be doing everything from scratch. So what kinds of alignment can we put in place? Like you said, a real effective PLC in this time is supporting each other. So Miss, you know, Miss Sanchez can be in charge of putting together writing and Miss um, Briones can be in charge of putting together reading and Miss Beltran can do math and everybody can coordinate that way. So we're not all reinventing the wheel all the time. Right, exactly. Or if you're all, if you say, hey, we already have our assignments made, mm -hmm. then this person that made the assignment doesn't have to do anything else, but the people that didn't make the assignment, they have to go in and find links for answer feedback. Oh, that's a good idea too. Say, oh, that, that's what I can contribute is I'll create the, the feedback for wrong answers. That's perfect. Exactly. And so, I mean, there's, you can create as many, though, what I like about it is it since it is Google and so everybody can work on it at the same time and mm -hmm. do everything at the same time, you can create as many jobs as you'd like, mm -hmm. um, but it, they all end up being into one really refined product. Yeah. And, so, and then everybody I mean, has it's, access to It's a true assembly forever. line. Exactly. And yeah. once you have access to it forever, mm -hmm. then next year, <laughs> next year, you get to use those things and you've made this really good product with mm -hmm. your team. Yeah. So not only is it an assignment that is you approved, but it's your uh, grade level, your PLC, mm -hmm. and whoever's, you know, monitoring your Google Classroom. I know right now we have an instructional coach that sits over the top of ours and makes uh, she's part of every single Google Classroom. And mm -hmm. so she's monitoring all the assignments we put out. 
Um, and same thing with our principal. Our principal is part of every single one. Mm-hmm. And so if they want to see if we're putting out assignments, then they get to click on it and see what kind of assignment it is. So at the end of this, we should have school approved assignments for every single level for every single class. Wow. That's a really good point. <laughs> school approved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not just something that I made up that I thought was good. Right. Literally everybody thought this is okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you said that you've run a virtual classroom from five feet away. That's what you told me the last time we were talking. Yeah. So what did you, what did that look like in your classroom? And why did you decide to implement that model when you were there face to face with kids? Um, there's a couple of reasons. So the first one was, uh, we were on, we were on a paper shortage, right? There was a paper shortage at our school. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll start moving everything over to Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. And after I started doing that, um, I realized that I cut down on the amount of time that I spent grading mm-hmm. because I made it great for me. Um, and then uh, on top of that, as we would go over lessons, so it was, it was a virtual classroom, but I did go over, you know, the information up on the board. Right, you did the, the direct instruction in, right. in person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You did still and do so, some teaching. You <laughs> what I should have done is recorded it first period and then just every period <laughs> after that hit play. Um, but that would have that been a little much. Uh, but no, what, so at that point it was, all right, I'll go over the information. You have your fill in the blank and you're doing it actively on Google Classroom. All right, so as we're going over the information, they do their phone blank. After that, they get uh, they get a short answer response, and then whatever other questions I had over the material or over, you know, uh, some other way for them to. Uh, it was government, so some other way for them to think about the same problem on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, then I would have them write something like that. So it was. It was really nice because one, all the all the materials and all the questions were in one form. So they would do their fill in the blank from the top information, which was a paragraph or two that you know we would go over and talk about explaining all the information. And then under that, they just move on to the next question, which was a short answer summary. And then under that, they go on to the next question. So whenever I hit uh, export to Google Sheets, then it was all in one form. Mm-hmm. And the fill in the blank was already graded and already done. And then I would go back and look at the short answer responses. And so uh, it was really nice because they would get instant feedback of, hey, I got this right, I got this wrong. Mm-hmm. Whenever it was just multiple choice questions, then uh, they had multiple times to edit their submission. Okay. So if they did get something wrong or if they did miss something, then they could go back and redo it. And so okay. it's, it's not just, which to me, that was the biggest advantage is the, the time that it took because they can turn in all their papers. And, uh, you know, as a teacher, you get 150 papers. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. You know, <laughs> I have something to do now. And you gave yourself a job. And so you go and you grade all these papers. And then the next day you pass them back and the kid would see, oh, I missed these, you know, let's say I missed six out of 10. Well, that's really not very good. Right. And so we want to get that done as quickly as possible. So that way you know the information mm-hmm. because the next day we're probably moving on to something else. Mm-hmm. Right. And so them being able to hit submit and see that they only got four out of 10 correct and have a chance to redo it and go, Oh, okay, I'll redo it. And then get eight out of 10. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, 
I would always tell them, you know, with, with these ones that you get to redo, get a hundred every time. Mm-hmm. Everybody should get a 100 every single time because you have multiple attempts. So then after that, it turned into kids actually learning material because they didn't just take their 40 and move and on. Go on to the next section. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they didn't have to go rewrite corrections while the rest of the class was learning something else. Right. It was, here's your 40, turn it into a 100. Mm-hmm. And they could go back and look at the fill in the blanks, which are on the top of the page, <clears throat> and then uh, find their answers, see where they went wrong, and then redo it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quick feedback. And, and instantaneous feedback is always going to be more relevant and purposeful than feedback a week later. Exactly. And kid, kids loved it because they knew that they could get a better grade just like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was instant. They were like, oh, let, let, hang on. you know, they would tell me, don't look at that one, Coach Beltran, you know, just give me a minute. <laughs> like, okay, all right. And they would go back and they would, you know, figure it out and fix it. Uh-huh. And that doesn't happen whenever you turn something in because most of the time whenever you turn in a piece of, uh, a piece of paper, turn in work, you think you're right. Well, yeah, that's why you turned it in. Exactly. And so you think you're right. You turn it in, you get it back, and it's just this huge letdown. (laughs) (laughs) The second you hit hit submit, it tells you you got these wrong, but you have a chance. Uh Uh-huh, right. And so that was huge uh, for me and my students because they they knew I can get 100 on every assignment that Coach Beltran gives us that's Uh in this format. Mm -hmm. I can get it 100. Yeah, and if, if they're motivated to try, that's a huge part of the battle, you know, if they're yeah, excited. And, that's good. and even the kids that weren't motivated to try, it was, man, you can get, you can get a 100 on every assignment you take. Mm-hmm. What kid doesn't want to hear that they can get a 100 right. because they have multiple attempts and they're getting instant feedback and they get to know right then and there. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so that for them was huge. It, it, to me, it helped me get to a lot more students than just the ones that anyone can teach. Mm-hmm. because some kids are going to learn if you just put a book in front of their table mm-hmm. and you don't have to do anything, but other kids, it takes work. And so those ones are the ones where it was, Hey, you know, just because you might've failed it, you can go back and see where you went wrong and get the correct answers. Yeah. And, they, and if they needed they help, you were there to help them. If they were like, I don't know how I got this wrong because exactly. you were doing virtual teaching in the classroom, you were able to provide assistance. And, and then now, since we can't do virtual teaching in the classroom, mm-hmm. you can still put those things as feedback. Right. And Immediate. so you get yeah. to say, hey, if you got it wrong, here's your feedback, and then they can go back and correct it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That is a really cool tool. I like that a lot. There are actually programs that that's like their whole thing is they're really proud of themselves for offering feedback whenever a kid gets a wrong answer, but you can actually do that yourself in Google Forms. So that's really cool. Yeah, for free. <laughs> yes. So, okay. You talked, this is about, has been more about like right and wrong answers, short answers that are just like, this is the information and it's either accurate or inaccurate, even if it's George Washington. <laughs> so, <laughs> but how can teachers create more open-ended creative assignments using these tools? Because I was reading an article the other day and it made a lot of sense to me that one of the things that teachers need to focus on right now is creating assignments that are more engaging and student directed and independent that might take kids a little longer to complete because obviously, first of all, you don't just want to have a bunch of multiple choice and open short answer questions every day because that's not really like learning, that's assessing, right? But you do, you know, we also want something that's going to take kids a little longer to get into because we want them engaged at home and we want it to be something they can do independently. So how can teachers use these, these tools to do that kind of assignment? 
Um, it's, it's really cool because uh, one way that we've been doing it for our athletics since I'm a baseball and football coach is mm -hmm. we'll have kids um, go record part of their workout and say, hey, I completed the workout and send that back in. So mm -hmm. as a teacher, you can um, have your kids go record something, mm -hmm. you know, and then they get to submit that. So it might be record every bird you see. So they get to go make a video of the bird that they see outside. The right? verbs and then or they birds? Bird. Okay. Um, <laughs> you said verb, which should also work. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, you see somebody running down the street, you know, or going right. for a job, you report yeah. that too. There's You're a reviewing parts of speech. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, you know, or take a picture of every noun you see. You mm -hmm. might get a million pictures because it's everything. <laughs> yeah. <that's> but, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, um, that, that, that'd be something that would actually let them actively go do something and you could say mm -hmm. you know 25 pictures maximum 20 minimum so mm -hmm. they have to go take 20 pictures and then write up what each one was and you know how it's a noun. so uh, if you created like a little video on how to use google slides then kids could actually plug a picture into google slides and be like this is my flip book that i'm making of parts of speech and so you know they have the cover slide and it would be like parts of speech and the first page is like this is a noun and it's a picture of the mug from their kitchen table. And then, you know, a noun is a person, place, or thing. And then the next page could say, this is a verb. And it's like a picture of their little brother jumping up and down. And, you know, this, you know, he's jumping. Jumping is an action verb. So they could actually have like a personal connection to this little project that they're creating. Right, exactly. And so uh, if they do it in, if they do it in Google Slides, then at the end of the assignment, you get to say, hey, this is, uh, you know, Johnny's this is Johnny's Google slide over parts of speech mm -hmm. and share that with everyone because you thought it was really good and Johnny did a good job. And so now not only are you getting them to participate, but you're also showing that one, you looked at them right? <laughs> because without them actually getting something back and you saying good job on this, mm -hmm. um, then they don't know. They, I mean, all you can do is assume like they might get their grade back, but that doesn't mean that uh, you went and looked through each and every single one. Yeah. And, if there's anything about kids, they like to be known that they're individual. Like course, that, yeah. that's important. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to everyone mm -hmm. right? because we're not just part of some large group. We're actually individuals. Mm -hmm. so the more you spend uh, individualizing feedback and I think posting positives and assignments and, and things that actually matter to your class rather than just multiple choice or just short answer responses. Mm -hmm. um, the more buy-in, the more, you know, uh, uh, we, we always just call it buy-in. You know, our, our kids bought in. Do they want to do what we're assigning them? Do they want to do what the work? They, not because they have to, but because they want to. Right. And so part of that is, the, um, like you said, not just doing short answers, um, having them create something, mm -hmm. which if, if everybody's using Google, Google all works together with everybody. So even if you wanted to help them along, with something you could say share your google slides with me and <clears throat> from you know 8 to 8 30 i'm working with this kid on it from 8 30 to 9 i'm working with this mm -hmm. kid or this group of kids or this you know these groups of kids and uh you can even have you can still do project-based group work if you wanted to because each kid would have access to the google slides mm -hmm. it's collaborative so, exactly and and so uh, Nothing changes whenever you go from, from in-school teaching to out-of-school teaching. The only thing that changes is the medium in which we get to use. 
Mm-hmm. So right now it's not in person, but it's just everything we do is going to be online, which if you had a student of the week in person, you should have a student of the week online. Mm-hmm. If you had, you know, because what, what changed is, is just, you're not there to see the look on their face, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe they take a picture of the look on their face. Right. And they, they put that into a slideshow. And, and so that's, that's, that's what I, I think is important is that things don't have to change um, as far as how creative you want assignments to be or how you want assignments to work. You have a lot of group work stuff. You can still have group work stuff. You have a lot of individual, you can still be individual. Um, but whenever, it, it, uh, sorry, I kind of got off topic. Whenever it comes to the creativity stuff, uh, you can do a <laughs> create your own adventure, which is a really good one in Google Forms. Um, so I know we had talked about this where if you answer a multiple choice question a certain way, it'll take you to a different section. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, the way I use it is with baseball. And so if a kid is an infielder, he doesn't get outfielder questions. Okay. If a kid is an outfielder, he doesn't get infielder questions. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing works with a student. If, uh, if a kid wants to say that they made this decision, and so I think that, you know, build your own, build your own path, create your own adventure, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. it uh, really cool because they get to say or you get to provide a prompt and then they get to make a decision and uh based on that decision you provide another prompt okay so in google forms you can have as many sections as you want and they can go through and um fill out information why they made each decision something like that i think that'd be probably the the coolest thing so give us an example of, of a prompt and then the choices and then what would happen after those choices Okay, so uh, so in section one, you would have, um, oh, and it's important in Google Forms to remember this, that you have to have, or you should put name, their name as a question, okay. and then also the teacher name as a question, so that way you can talk about it. But so in section one, you have that, and then you just have possibly something like you wake up, uh, you wake up in your bed with, um, the example I gave earlier was with the ability to freeze things with your hands. Okay. So All right, Elsa. Exactly, just like frozen, <laughs> right? And so you you wake up with that ability. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Like, what's the first thing that you do? And you give four multiple choice answers. Okay. You, know, you call all your friends and tell. Okay. That might be a choice. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, why did you do that? That would be, you know, the prompt, the question the teacher gets asked. Why would you do that? Okay. And so with all these choices, in order to make them write something, you would put a why did you make that decision. Okay. So that way, not only are they making a decision, but they're having to cite reasons for it. Because mm-hmm. if the first thing I did was call my friends, well, why not I actually do that? I mean, well, I'd probably go try it out. Exactly. I'd probably try it out on a few things. And so maybe all your friends show up and you look like a fool because <laughs> you didn't test it out. And it just happened once and that's it. Or maybe you can't even uh, replicate you it. can't freeze things uh-huh. you know, with other people around. And so, exactly, right? So now, <laughs> creating other little things for the, the students to think about, mm-hmm. which is really good because if they get to a point in it where, you know, you run out of ideas, you can say, well, that doesn't work and take them back. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so, uh, then, you know, you have all these four different answer choices, you know, call your friends, go test it out, um, treat your day like normal, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe you know, just lay in bed, something uh-huh. like that, right? And then you have them answer why. And then depending on their choice, they go to a different section. 
mm-hmm. their choice of calling all their friends and brings all their friends over. And maybe they get to freezing things and they freeze the town water supply. And then, then they have a problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So, um, what's cool is, is they get to, as you as a, as a teacher or whatever, one uh-huh. gets to make up any kind of situation you like and come up with all these different ways to manipulate it. And to, so you, you can know, involve like science information or different times in history. And so if you are a teacher that is uh, self-contained, mm-hmm. well then there's your end of the week assignment is I'm going to go over basically everything we learned at some point um, in this create your own adventure. Maybe, you know, they wake up and they have a couple different solutions that they have to mix. Uh-huh. What goes in first? Is it, you know, the, the solvent or the solute, you know, or, or mm-hmm. little things like that. And so they get to pick and then you get to show a video of the reaction that happens that you found on YouTube. Uh-huh. And after that, you get to say, you know, it made this giant pink slime and this pink slime, you know, engulfed your house. Uh-huh. Right. And then after that, they get to go on this whole adventure where this happened before, you know, and, and it engulfed somebody's house before and you involve history or, you know, you all those kinds of things, um, which is actually a real thing. The scientists do make pink slime stuff that <laughs> just explodes. Well, I mean, what else would you do all day if you're a scientist, really? Exactly. So, okay. (laughs) So, um, so that's a really fun idea and you could actually get kids involved in creating suggestions for that too. And that would be a really fun, creative way to have them, um, review content or even just like create creative writing stories. Yeah. And, uh, so in Google forms, you can, I mean, you can do everything like a quiz, uh, which I would suggest making everything a quiz, even if you don't assign point values to stuff, Mm -hmm. even if it's just completion. Um, but at the same time, you can put just normal survey type questions in there. What would you like to do next week? You know, what would be a great activity? What would be an interesting activity to you? What's something you want to explore? What's something you want to learn about? So maybe, you know, you, you can take a couple kids' ideas each week and say, hey, we're going to, you know, explore this because, you know, Isaac wanted to learn about it. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a reason to throw things in there. and. Isaac's all excited because Isaac's idea <laughs> made it into the Google form. Right. And, uh, and then the other kids get to learn about something that Isaac thought was really cool. Yeah, that's fun. And it's a fun medium to do it. Yeah. So, okay, you, what, what technology do teachers need to start teaching this way? Is there anything special that they need? No, just a, something that connects to the internet. Okay. <laughs> An internet device. Yes. All right, cool. And then, you know, it's funny because um, Benny used to complain a lot about teacher talk. Uh, my sister-in-law was a classroom teacher a few years back. Now she's a counselor and I was a classroom teacher. And, you know, whenever you put two teachers in a room, that's all they talk about. Or anyway, that's been my experience. And Benny was always like, blah, blah, blah. This is just, you guys just never stop. And now it's funny because now he's all about teacher talk, right? So the other day we were talking about motivating kids and teachers during this time because it's, it's hard, you know, you're, you're used to doing things in person, even a pat on the back, you know, and we're not able to do 
those things. And so he had a really neat idea that he shared about a leaderboard. So would you talk about that a little bit, Benny? Because then after you talked about your leaderboard, I came up with a way to use this with teachers as just a fun, um, engaging thing you can do to hopefully lighten the mood a little because <laughs> right now is, you know, kind of awful So <laughs> for yeah. a lot of people. I mean, it's a, it's a tough time for a lot of people. So, you know, if we can do something to, to lighten their load a little bit, it's, that's what we should do as coaches. So tell us about what you're doing, Benny. All right. Um, so with our athletics class, we have every athlete in our high school mm -hmm. um, in this one Google classroom. So every day we post a workout and we post a challenge at the end of the workout. So then they have to video themselves doing the challenge, whether it's as many push-ups as possible, um, who can hold the longest plank, you know, wh whatever the challenge is. And um, they video themselves doing it and they submit it. Well, every day they have a workout. So that means that every day we create a leaderboard with the previous day's workout. Okay. All right. So then if, you know, I did 30 push-ups in a minute and, and the next person did 25, well, I'm number one and they're number two. All right. Um, but what we've done it to make it, uh, to make it more interesting virtually, I guess, is we've taken extra things. If you post a selfie, then you get an extra point. If you, um, if you involve a teammate, so if you video call a teammate and record that like you would on Zoom, right? So we both work out together and we're both doing our challenge at the same time, then that's an extra point. Okay. So uh, little things like that. And then uh, the last one, which, which I liked was, you know, if you post something that you ate that was healthy, you get an extra point. And that's so all these, all these things that are, that are athletically related, mm -hmm. um, the principle still, apply, still applies to, you know, academics. And that, sure. that's the biggest part of it is, is kids like to see their name places. I mean, yeah, that's, they that's, like to achieve something and to be recognized for something. Exactly. And so that's, that's something that can't go away just because we're in a virtual classroom. Right. And to me, that's something that actually needs to come about more mm -hmm. since we're in a virtual classroom because you're not there to say good job. Mm -hmm. You're not there right. to, you know, cheer them on as they're doing their pushups. You're not there to be like, right. you know, hey, that was a really good job. And instead, you have to create those things and find a way to push them out there. I love that. So in Google Classroom, you can make announcements, too which is oh. really nice. So they'll have, like each, each kid will have uh, a different look on their Google Classroom, mm -hmm. or not a different look, but they'll have their own view. And mm -hmm. so one of them is uh, what they call the stream. And so the stream is where mm -hmm. um, you get to see everything that they post. So that's where you get to make announcements. That's where you get to post new assignments, information. And then they have a classwork tab where they get, you get to see all the classwork that you've assigned to them. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, a people tab so you can see who else is in your class and the other teachers. So in the stream, they could see any special announcements like, hey, so-and-so is our leader for the week or something like, these are our first, second, third place, whatever. <laughs> exactly. And so it's nice because that's the first thing they see whenever they click onto the app. They're going to see the stream, which is, Hey, these are all the, this is all the information that we want to send to you right now. That's very neat. I like that a lot because I think you're right. Recognizing people needs to happen now, just like it did before. And maybe we can't do it on the announcements and we can't, you know, just give a, a positive look, you know, a happy face to the kids like we're used to being able to do, but we can do something special if we're thoughtful about it. 
So, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's an instructional coach and she was like, I just feel like I need to do something to boost morale or to, you know, to to give teachers some positive, something positive right now, because she she was, I know I can make phone calls and I can do, and I've done that and I can do emails, but what, you know, what can I do to build the community? So I came up, I was listening to you talk about the leaderboard the other day. And so I came up with these challenge bingo boards. So it's something that we've done in the coffee and coaching membership already. Every month, the coffee and coaching members get a challenge bingo board and they have to fill it all in by doing all the little tasks on the board. And then after it's completed, they take a picture, they submit it in a special Facebook group that we have for coffee and coaching. And then we draw randomly one person and that person gets a special prize. So last month they got a, um, an aromatherapy set. So because it was about self-care, that was our, our, um, board for last month. So then I was thinking about like a, a work from home board is really cool right now. A virtual teaching challenge board would be cool. A self-care challenge board would be really cool. So, and then one that's just for fun. So I made these four different boards and then I got really excited <laughs> and I made like 15 editable boards that people can use to put in their own challenges, like whatever they want people to do. So maybe, I mean, you could use them now for virtual teaching or you can use them whenever we go back to school, you know, Hopefully that will be happening, you know, in the near future. Um, But you can use your own things that you want people to do. And so it could be like a technology challenge board. And then you can have, you know, this month, uh, I want you to try to use Flipgrid for one lesson. Or you're going to log on to your Google Classroom twice this week or something. And as they complete it, they color it in. And then they submit it to you. And you can give a little prize. Or you can recognize the winners. And so I actually created a Google slide that goes with um, this resource. So if people purchase a resource in my store, Chrissy Beltran buzzing with Miss B on Teachers Pay Teachers, they can get the downloadable, uh, the four boards that are already created that are ready to go. And all you need to do is put in a due date and where you want people to submit them because they're editable in that way. Or, you know, also in the same resource, there's like 15 boards that you can plug in whatever stuff you want because they're also completely editable. And then they get the little slide. So then they can put the people's names in there, whoever the winner was, or they can just recognize everybody who participated if they want to do it that way and stick a little screenshot of the board or a person or whatever on the slide and then they can use it to share. So in in an announcement would be a cool, cool way to do it in classroom. If you have a Google Classroom for your teachers, you would just share the link to that slide and they could check it out. See who won. So, okay. So anything else that you want to share about Google Classroom? Um, I guess the main thing is, is to not make things uh, for today. So don't, don't just make things that you're going to use one time and that's it. Um, don't create virtual pieces of paper, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's the same thing that you had before and, and you're not going to use it next year. If you just do the same type of assignment and all you're doing is using a Google doc. Well, you probably won't use that resource next year. Mm-hmm. Or if you do use that resource next year, all you did was convert it from the piece of paper that you had to the piece of paper on the, on the computer now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, to make things that you will use in the future, all right? So not just things that you need right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to cr- use the theme, use the theme part of it. Um, you can pick your own theme. You can add a custom image. Um, you can put a video of you up there saying, you know, welcome to my classroom. Um, you know, even if you've been doing this for a week already, it's still nice because uh, parents that get on and check mm-hmm. um, will see that, you know, then they understand that this was all just spur of the moment. All summer right. was, 
one day we're in school and the next day we're not. Right. Or, you know, don't come back. We'll figure it out. And that was right. That was what it was. So even parents understand that things are, you know, a mess for a lot of people right now. Right. So if you take a weekend and you say, I'm going to make my classroom as much as mine as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make my classroom, you know, I'm going to put up pictures that I had in the classroom as my theme. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put up, uh, you know, announcements every other day of, you know, who's, who's doing their work, who's doing a great job and, you know, all this stuff and, and award a student of the week. And Mm -hmm. so all those things can still happen in Google Classroom. And just because you're not there in in person doesn't mean that they should stop. And the other thing is to not just um, use these templated ideas, right? Create your own materials that are engaging to students. Use YouTube videos. Kids love watching videos, Mm -hmm. right? You know, kids love watching videos. Um, Use Screencastify. A lot of of schools have the membership to Screencastify out there. And so if you have a slideshow that you really like to teach a subject, Use Screencastify to record yourself going over it, right? Okay. Don't just uh, don't just send out the you know slideshow and put a multiple choice question after it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, cause because kids will just it, click, 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 click. But if you're there to elaborate and to do the, at least a little bit of teaching, you've got something visual for kids to look at. You don't even have to do your hair or anything, and exactly. <laughs> and you can capture what's happening on your screen. And Screencastify is free, right? Uh, it's free for up to five minutes, and okay. then after that, it costs, I think, like $50 a year or something like that. Okay, and but, then Mac um, people, you can use QuickTime to do the same thing and get a screen recording. I've done it a million times, and that's already something you have. Okay, very cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to, to not just do those things that they'll just click through and do, but to make it an interesting assignment. Mm-hmm. So you said, um, you know, kids... Kids and teachers, I'm sure instructional coaches, want engaging material at this point. Yes. <laughs> and I think the, the struggle would be to not know how to do that. And so um, not know how to do it without being there, without right. being excited about yeah, the Ripping it to this medium is right. it's, it's something that really takes some thinking. But there are ways you can do it if you spend some time thinking about that. So that might be, as an instructional coach, maybe that's where you say, how can we come together and create one really cool assignment that will take kids some time to get through so we're not creating something new every day. It'll, you know, it's really important for them to work on. It's valuable stuff. But it's one assignment that we can all create that's really engaging and purposeful. Exactly. And you can do that all in a Google form. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, it, Perfect. and you'll have all the answers sorted. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So, okay. How can coaches find you? And I, you know, now whenever we say coaches, we're talking about two different things, but just in case an instructional coach also is a baseball coach, <laughs> how oh, could they oh. find you online? <laughs> um, uh, coach Beltron 09 on Twitter, I think. Okay. Um, and then coachbeltron09 at gmail.com is my email. Okay, cool. And then aren't you barreled up baseball somewhere? So, barreled up baseball. I, I run a website for baseball stuff. It's got yeah. a lot of really cool baseball things on there. There are a ton of free downloads there, guys. So if you know a baseball coach, you want to send them that way. Barreled up baseball. It's it's incredible that he's given all this stuff away for free. So you really got to check it out. It's using Google Google Apps to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything's Google downloads. So. Yeah. That even, even elementary coaches could use that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, baseball, softball, elementary coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if, if you look, there's a, there's something on there for everybody awesome. in some way, pretty much. 
All right, cool. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you, Kirsten. <laughs> yeah. Buzzing with Miss B. <laughs> so, okay, coaches, I want you to share this episode with a friend because we're all scrambling. And so I'm sure they would appreciate you if you sent this their way. Um, Benny shared a lot of really great ideas and tools that we can use. And so I believe that if we if we come together and pool our knowledge, we can really create some great stuff. Like Benny was saying, not just for this year, but that we could come back to and continue to improve to add to our classroom repertoire of what we can do. So, you know, send it to a coach or a teacher to make sure they have the support they need to use this resource in their virtual classrooms. And um, I hope all is well with you. I know this time is crazy, um, but we will get through it together. So happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.